Podcasting from their dining room table in California, it's the Stonebirds with Dave Stone and Katie Strandberg. Get it? Advice and encouragement from two goofballs who can barely run their own lives. Call now at 562-548-2012 to be a part of the show. Now welcome the Stonebirds. That's what it says here. I'm not so certain. I thought he was mute. <laughs> you thought Link Ray was mute? Uh-huh. Who's Link Ray? Link Ray is a rock and roller. Is it a band or a person? It's a, it's a feller. He, he, he invented the power chord. And hell, I thought he did. I didn't know he could sing. I'm sorry, it's, a power chord? Power, it's a guitar thing. Uh-huh. Oh. But see, I thought he, I, he only did instrumental music, but he's singing on this one. I guess that's it. Wow. I didn't know you were such a music buff, Cecil. Uh-huh. I got an extensive knowledge <laughs> of early rock and roll. <laughs> uh-huh. That's right. Uh. I, used to, I grew up down the street from old Chuck Berry. Did uh, you really? Uh-huh. Chuck Berry? Yeah. I even know that name, and I know nothing about uh, music. Don't use the bathroom at his house. Did he do that one song, uh, uh-huh. uh, that sexy song? That like, hey, I'm. <laughs> that one. Uh... <laughs> hey, did Johnny be good? Uh-huh. Oh, Johnny be good, yeah. Uh-huh. But didn't he do like? Oh no, that's Marvin Gaye. I'm Marvin... thinking of uh... Let's Get It On. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Chuck Berry got it on. Though, I tell you that. He that's, did. That's another conversation for another time. Oh boy. Anyway. Huh. Anyway. Anyway. Speaking of which, I gotta go to the bathroom. Oh, again. I'm going to put, I'm gonna hang a handkerchief on the door up there. Don't come in. Uh, we got it now, buddy. Where's my TV? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. He's, he's been using the bathroom quite a bit lately. Quite a bit. I don't know what's up with that. It's always locked. Yeah. Always. The handkerchief is always there. He's in the bathroom more than a 14-year-old boy. That's so gross. Okay, so that's what they're doing in there. Because I I remember when I was helping out with Dad a lot Mm -hmm. and my nephews were living there, (laughs) they would go to the bathroom Uh all the time. Yeah. And it baffled me because I grew up in a girl house. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I just thought they had irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah. I did not realize that. And they'd be so fast. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me they're going in there and having a little... Dingle dangle time and then coming out? I don't know what they're doing. I used to handle all that in the woods. No, you wouldn't. I used to go out in the woods. No, you didn't. You would go in the woods and... Explore. No way. (laughs) Is that real? No. 
You've never had. Okay, wait a minute. Have you ever, you know, pleasured yourself in the wild, out in the wild? Well, let's just say I go camping quite a bit. <laughs> you don't go camping. I mean, I used to go camping quite a bit. So you would go camping. This this, this is crazy this to is me. Not a good topic. Okay, to well, explore. I'm just wondering. Mm-hmm. I've never diddled myself in public. <laughs> Well, I hope not. Well, I mean, (laughs) got to use the bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. Well, hello, Boo. Hey, Boo. How are you? How's them batches? Oh, my gosh. I'm so good. Thank you you so much. Well, I'm still on an Oscar high. Oh, yeah? Okay. 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 We we had an Oscar Sunday party, you guys. We sure did. Listen, I had some uh, grief this weekend, Uh and... (laughs) Um, what? You had some ha- grief this weekend? What yeah, I had some grief. Remember when I cried? Oh, and okay. then I was like, "Oh, a grief, like a." Yeah, I just thought maybe something new happened. I'm not sure. Oh no, uh-huh. no sidewalk incidents or anything. Oh, okay. It was just, uh, yeah, weird. Uh, my mom's actual birthday. My mom is no longer here on Earth, guys, mm-hmm. but uh, her birthday was last Monday, mm-hmm. and. I don't know. Since then, I've just been like in a little wah wah. But then it came to the peak this weekend, uh-huh. and then I got to watch the Oscars. So win. Go. That's right. Win win. The Oscars washes away grief. It really does. <laughs> it just says, Katie, look at this shiny thing. And here we go. Oh, boy. Harvey, what are you Harvey's doing? Harvey's in the room. Every- Harvey, come on. What y'all doing? Come on. What's in here? Oh, boy. Okay, we're shutting. All right, buddy. Oh, boy. He's insane. He when I'm in here watching a movie or something, the door's yeah. closed. He will scratch and paw and cry and meow to, for me to let him in, and then I let him in, and he's in here for ten seconds. And he's like, "I'm no, nah, I'm done. I want to go back." I know he's rebellious. He's, it's like if the door's shut, he mm, wants in, yeah. and then you give that to him, and then he's like, "Forget it, oh, man. forget it." So uh, anyway, um, all right. We're going to go over this because it's important. Now, I know you watched the entire Oscars with me. Yes, we had a nice little Oscar party. I went out and got an assortment of cheeses. <laughs> you did, and yeah. then I was a jerk about yeah. one. You were like, oh, you like that one. Okay, mozzarella is not a cheese plate cheese. Now It is if you're Italian. It is if you're Italian. Uh-huh. I feel like what happened is what happens when I try to get a gift for you for your birthday or yeah. Christmas. You know that I love the Oscars. And I was in such a deep funk that you were like, okay, I'm going to go get snacks. Like you were the best husband ever. And I, I felt that maybe you got the pressure got to you. Really? Maybe. I thought I did a pretty damn good you job. You did do a great job. I didn't just get mozzarella. I know. <laughs> I got a little mozzarella for myself. Okay. But I got brie. Yeah. I got your beloved blue. I love blue cheese. I could eat that by chunks. And I got like a Bristol Farms does like a cream cheese scallion and garlic spread thing, like a that soft was cheese dope. spread. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got fresh grapes, baked, fresh baked bread. Mm-hmm. I got crackers. I got mm-hmm. grapes. I got mm-hmm. cinnamon rolls. Mm-hmm. You actually crushed it. I got chocolate-covered almonds. You really did crush it. And here's the thing, Boo. I was in such a mm, place that mm. I can't... I didn't give you the es- Escalades. Mm. Nope, that's a car. No. Accolades? Accolades that mm. you deserved. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry about the mozzarella comment. That's okay. Because I felt like, man, what a see you next Tuesday, you know? Because I bought mozzarella. You you, you thought that. 
I thought that about myself for saying oh, a jerky thing you to you. No, I'm apologizing. No. This fucking oh, idiot. No, no. Coming oh, home with mozzarella. I need to communicate better, guys. I've been a little bit of a well, I've turned into a frat boy. Yeah, well, one thing we do need to address, oh, no. and this wasn't on our show notes, hmm. but you just made me think of that when you said you've turned into a frat boy. Frat man. Boo. Once <laughs> go. Can I talk about this? You can talk what about all you need. Is going on mm-hmm. with the belching? <laughs> now I understand it's a it's a bodily function that we all need to exercise from time to time, but you burp like you're trying to win a bet. You're not wrong. You burped the. And here's the other thing. You're not wrong. We often have. Multiple windows open because the weather is usually so nice around here. And we live in an apartment building with neighbors close by, all of whom which we have friendly relationships with. Yeah, I think so. I think we do. But yet coming from our apartment multiple Mm -hmm. times a day, it sounds like a damn hippopotamus. Okay. Like it's (laughs) wilderness level volume coming from within you like it's insane and part b i'm assuming a that most every neighbor hears it Uh and b they just assume it's big old dumb hairy dave i look between the two of us if you heard a burp coming from our apartment with the bow shaking frequencies that that you omit they're just going to be like, oh, that's that's Dave. That's clearly that's clearly Dave. You've seen Dave. That guy looks like he burps a lot. And I fart loud too. You fart loud too. I know. Well, I fart in my sleep. That's un. I can't. Yeah, I can't I, help I can't, that. I can't blame you. for And that. I'm sorry. Has that been bad lately too? I mean, you you wake me up a couple times <laughs> recently. Are I we guess. saying nightly or like three times once, a week? Once when... a week, I get woken up by your toots. toot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But almost. Every day, <laughs> there's like an earthquake-level burp coming from this apartment. And again, what did I say the other day? I, I'll never shame you for burping. Okay. People have to burp. And people have to toot. I get that. Right. But you, you you're you like an opera singer belting it to the back row. Right. Like it's coming from your gut, from your diaphragm. Like you're projecting, okay. like purposefully i understand how you could feel that way and Mm -hmm. and and for sure maybe sometimes that's the case Mm -hmm. i will say that here's here's what i think Uh first of all you're right i'm a belching farting machine Mm -hmm. also i think it's hilarious that the neighbors think it's you yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's kind of of a fun game now of course they think it's right (laughs) no but honestly they they probably figured it out like, you're the more together one. And, I mean, I'm up and down the stairs taking cardboard houses outside. Like, there's, I'm tie-dying. Like, things are not well mm-hmm. over here on Katie Land. You've seen the more together person. Um, having said that, yes, I do think they think you're belching. I think what happens is that I suppress all my burps. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it just comes out and then it feels so free Mm -hmm. you know it's like oh my gosh i just unleashed this really uncomfortable thing (gasps) let's do it again 
And so then I just chug soda water and then I do it again. And that's not fair to you or neighbors. But I didn't grow up with neighbors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you grew up on a hill. On a hill. So when you were a kid, you just run around your property just burping. Well, I was alone a lot. So your heart's content? <laughs> Every time I... No, I had an amazing childhood. I'm just saying I was free. Mm-hmm. I've said I'm like Nell from the smash hit movie, Nell, mm-hmm. like a creature of the woods. And I sort of was. Mm-hmm. I wasn't diddling myself in the woods, but I was making, you know, fun games. I would climb up avocado trees. Mm-hmm. Burping and farting kind of just were there. And my dad would laugh. Part of your heritage. It is. Mm -hmm. Burping. My Nana used to fart all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, she did not care. Easter breakfast, big old toot. Mm -hmm. And we'd all ignore it, except my dad. He would just start laughing and be like, whoa. And Mm -hmm. then he would mimic the fart the entire meal. Hmm. So, yeah. Um. Okay, that's a good note. I don't know how to fix it because I think what happens is that, but I have been better at muffling, actually. In the last few days, I've muffled. Yeah, since we had a talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, thank you. Hey, uh-huh. you're welcome. I love how I turned that around. Didn't you see? That was pretty good. That was pretty, pretty good. But what did, okay, changing the subject because yes. I'm uncomfortable. Uh-huh. What about... The Oscars. Did you enjoy it? Was it kind of like how I watched Super Bowl? No. Not really? Not at all. Okay. I love movies. I watch a lot of movies. You do, you've been on a movie kick. I've been kick. on a movie kick. And I, really I talked about it. I couldn't figure out why. And then it hit me. I, I think I talked about this a few weeks ago. It's uh, it's my dry season for sports right now. Yeah. It's uh, that, that small period in between after football and before baseball. I like basketball. I, I love the NBA playoffs. And I like the um, the college tournament, March Madness. But just regular season, I don't pay much attention to either one of those leagues. Um, so, yeah, that's – and I didn't – this wasn't like a purposeful thing. It's just, I guess, subconsciously. It's like, well, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to watch any football or baseball today. I guess I'll watch a movie. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, no, watching the Oscars, I've always I, – I, I, most years I tune into the Oscars. Now, really? I don't sit down and watch all three and a half hours usually like we did the other day. <laughs> but, uh, no, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. It wasn't, there's been years where it's, you know, the whole Hollywood leftist, you know, and, and, yeah. I, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm definitely left-leaning, but like, yeah. I can see how middle, middle America can roll their eyes while watching the Oscars, like, oh, look at all these Hollywood, LA bubble, you know, self-righteous yeah. LA bubble, you know, goobers, mm-hmm. but uh, this year didn't seem as bad, as heavy-handed with all the, you know, the politics or whatever. So you don't, you don't like politics with your award show no it doesn't bother me but i just know that that's kind of a, a trait that yeah. any hollywood-based award show has had you know in the last couple of decades it's like you know yeah. a couple of years ago so like what i guess what annoys me it doesn't really annoy me because again i don't want to sound like a, a right winger because i'm definitely left-leaning but like when someone comes up to accept an award and then they start spewing a whole message some self like a couple of years ago joaquin phoenix like spent his whole time talking about something that had nothing to do with the movie or the award you know yeah and i get that hey you're a celebrity you got a platform why not but like come on we're, we're here to talk about movies not it's you know, true fair trade coffee beans or whatever what were your favorite parts because listen i have some notes yeah yeah dude 
Okay, so what do you think would be the most heartfelt acceptance speech? Do you remember any acceptance speech that you were like, man, that was really great? I liked, uh, and I, I'm apologize i don't i can't remember his real name but uh data from the goonies oh he did very sincere and very excited he and i love that guy because he was so sincere so excited and honored Mm -hmm. i love how this year's award show was like okay this is an award show Mm -hmm. like it means something yeah i feel like the academy and all the like actors guilds and everyone was like okay we have to make the oscars a thing again because it does feel like the last few years it's like phoning it in yeah i mean covid had a lot to do with that 100 percent. yeah i mean but yeah i think and also michelle yo yo okay uh she won best actress and it is the first Asian American Best Actress winner. Really? Uh huh. In the '95 history wow, of the Oscars. Wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Would uh, the other dude would would Data be the first Asian to win win Best Supporting Actor? Let me see. Uh, I can't. Uh, hold on. Hold on. I okay. So can I tell you? I printed this article out, and uh-huh. his picture is over his little paragraph. <laughs> So I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, and then we had Jamie Lee Curtis win, uh-huh. who I was surprised that she has never won anything or also, been nominated. I, I think that's was the surprise. First, How has Jamie Lee Her- Curtis never been nominated for anything? Well, she's been in All Halloween. Yeah, that's the thing. I guess she hasn't How many really years? been in any like Oscar or many uh, Oscar caliber movies. She did a lot. Obviously, the Halloween stuff. She did a lot of action stuff, like. Uh, with Schwarzenegger, with True Lies, and oh right, and then she's I'm sure done a lot of you know romantic comedies and stuff like that. But yeah, she hasn't. Well, and she used to, and you know, Activia. I still use it. <laughs> I love yogurt that makes you poo. It's great. But um, also, I was surprised that she's married to Christopher Guest. That was a shocker. No idea. Okay, so guys, Christopher Guest guessed. is uh, he's a genius. Writer, director. Writer, writer, director, writer, of, director, actor. Yeah. I mean, of S- Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, uh, Spinal Tap, A Mighty Wind, uh, for your consideration. Oh my gosh, just all that stuff. it's just a dream. Yeah. Um, I don't think he wrote or directed Spinal Tap, but he was in it. Yeah, he was in it, mm-hmm. and I guess Jamie Lee Curtis saw him in it mm-hmm. and told her friend, "I'm going to marry that man." Yeah. And she did. Yeah. And they've been married for like 40-something years. Yeah, 39 years, I think. Yeah. yeah. I always just round up five. Yeah. I don't know why. But yeah, that yeah, was crazy. I had crazy. no idea that they were together. But her speech was so sweet because it was like to all the people who have supported my mm-hmm. movies, this is our Oscar. It was really inclusive and cute. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were the two speeches, the best supporting best supporting actor and actress those that just started out the gate who won best supporting actress oh yeah jamie lee jamie lee for everything Mm -hmm. everywhere all at once Mm -hmm. which um we'll get to that in a second Mm -hmm. we'll get to that in a second brendan fraser won first time nominee Mm -hmm. first time a winner yeah obviously because he hasn't been nominated before um i have to say that his acceptance speech was very was it would it be a metaphor (laughs) he had a lot of like Throwing me a creative lifeline, the good ship, the whale, you're my lighthouse, whale-sized hearts. Like he was, and he was in the movie The Whale, mm-hmm. but it was just very like disjointed. See, I wanted him to go into the, I was in a dark hole, I hid for many years, and then this story came, and you know, I wanted a little bit more 
Because, yeah, he had a big gap in his career. He had a huge gap. I wonder what happened. I mean, not just with, like, successful stuff, but, like, and I don't know this as a fact, but I'm assuming he just quit acting for, like, 10 or 15 years, right? Because he just kind of disappeared. I think he pulled the Richard Simmons. I think he just went away. He just went. Oh, that's got to be hard to be, like, wasn't he Tarzan or something in Disney? Like, he was a big deal. Yeah, he was a huge star in the 90s. Then he was in Fargo. And mm-hmm. I remember I was even small-minded because I was like, whoa, he gained a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. He's still a great actor. But I just thought, not that he gained 600 pounds like yeah. the whale, but um, I just thought that real-life experience was probably used in the mm-hmm. whale. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just wish he would have talked about that. But I bet when you – like, imagine winning – an Oscar in front of everybody. Yeah. Like, okay, I have a question. Did you ever pretend that you won and do an acceptance speech? No. I used to do it every year yeah. when I was a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> and I was horrible. The acceptance speech was always ADHD and like, uh-huh. thank you for loving me. Like, weird. That's I, weird. I think my version of that would be like, bottom of the ninth, base is loaded, <gasps> yes. down by three. Yes. Dave hits a walk-off grand slam. Yes. Now, I've been through those scenarios a thousand times, but never have I Interesting. imagined giving an Oscar acceptance speech. Okay, okay. Probably because I've never wanted to be an actor. I've never really given a shit. So you've never wanted, when you moved out here, mm-hmm. you, I know you did acting bit parts mm-hmm. and, you know. You I like just... acting in little silly sketches and stuff, but I've never had desire to be an actor. Okay. It, do you think it's because there's that stigma to it where it's like, I'm an actor and, you know, like James well, Lipton type of actor's I, studio? No, it's just, uh, and I'm not belittling actors, but mm-hmm. like, I'm more of a writer, performer. You know, I, I want to perform my own stuff, my own thoughts, my own ideas. Yeah. I don't just recite someone else's lines. Yeah. You know, I know that's simplifying what they do. But, oh, I was uh, horrible with lines. I, but, uh, oh, acting to me, I'm, school I'm lines. much more oh. impressed by someone that can write their own. I mean, obviously, I'm a stand-up. Yeah. I like stand-up because not only are you performing, but mm-hmm. you wrote what you were performing. Mm-hmm. Whereas an actor, eh, okay. I mean, I, I get it. I, I, I'm not shitting on actors, but I've never had any interest in being an actor. I think I've always loved it because... It felt like there was wiggle room, meaning when I when I took Meisner school, two years of crying, I realized it's all about being present, right? Mm-hmm. So you do these exercises like the mirror exercise where I look at you, like you would stand six feet apart and you would take the person in mm-hmm. and you would just say the first thing you saw. So I'd say eyes and then you'd say eyes mm-hmm. to me. Like we would just repeat yeah. until you saw something new. Like what if I sounded annoyed mm-hmm. when I said that? And you could say annoyed. And so then anyway, so it was very improv-like. Mm-hmm. And we kind of wrote our own scenes and learned so much. But I realized, oh, there's not that much difference between really good acting and stand up and improv because uh-huh. it's being in the moment reading taking that person in and i guess depending on the writer or director or whatever you're on some people are really sticklery with lines mm-hmm. and then some people are like just here's an emotion oh yeah kind of go for it now that would be my kind of director but like stickler lines like i've been in plays where it's like you missed and 
And I'm like, I will not remember and. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not going to remember and. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's interesting how, like, that works. Okay. So Brendan Fraser won yay. And then, oh, best speech uh, by a director, but she didn't win. She won adapted screenplay Sarah Polly for Women Talking. Oh, right. Yeah. She was wearing a nice little suit. Yeah. She looked dope. Great speech. She's just so cute. Um, all right. Now we're going to go into the other parts. Boo. Uh-huh. Remember the river dancing? The river Dude, dancing. they had river. No. Uh, oh, the RRR crew. Yes. Yeah, which so, I haven't seen that movie. What is it about? RRR. I know it's Indian. I'm pretty sure. It's, it's like Bollywood. It's kind of Bollywood. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of dancing. And yes. apparently got great reviews. People loved it. I haven't seen it yet. I but say, I loved I loved that whole dance thing they did. That performance, they came out and I was like cheese ball mm-hmm. eye roll, and then they just I can watch. It felt like river dance in a way. Mm-hmm. I know it wasn't just river dance, but and I know nothing about dancing, but like it is so awesome to mm-hmm. see good dancers and to see all. I mean, it was just a real big show. Mm-hmm. It felt like a Broadway show where you're like. <gasps> It, like, relieved me. Mm-hmm. It was just so exciting. Yeah. I loved it. We also had my Queen Divas mm-hmm. performing. We had Rihanna perform. Mm-hmm. And we also had Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. And she was wearing not a stitch of makeup. Yeah. She was stripped down. Stripped down. And let me tell you, the girl has amazing skin. I mean, I don't know how <laughs> she does it. Same with Rihanna. They looked fab. They did great. Um, there is a viral video of Lady Gaga who a cameraman on the champagne carpet. That was a big deal. It wasn't a red carpet this year. It was champagne. Yawn. Mm-hmm. Um, but Why he, is that? I don't know. That's weird. Isn't that strange? Is there some meaning behind that? I don't think so. I think they just were like, let's try a different color. <laughs> or maybe there is meaning. I don't know. But um, a camera guy fell. Mm-hmm. Like, and she went from, like, the middle of the carpet to, like, help him up. And so that made me go, I love you, Lady Gaga. Keep keep on trucking. One thing I've I've never understood, and I know this is, uh, people have debated this before. uh, Why no comedy category? And here's the other thing. Okay, I'm with you. There's a reason they hire comedians to host the Oscars. Not that Kimmel is a stand-up, but he's obviously, he comes from a comedic background. There's a reason almost everybody, and I'm sure there's exceptions, but anybody I can think of, going back to Billy Crystal, to obviously Chris Rock, and even though I don't care for him, Ricky Gervais, Mm -hmm. uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Ellen. Ellen Ellen, did it. There's a reason you people hire comedians to do the hosting is because could you imagine how fucking boring I, no. the show would be if it was just some stiff actor up there just d- playing it straight? No, but they but, did that once. But or twice. yet, no, no comedy. Yeah. Like it's in my opinion, as a, of course I'm biased because I'm a comic, but like comedic yeah. acting, making people laugh, yep. is one of the hardest things you can do performance wise. Mm-hmm. So no love for a well done comedic movie. It's interesting. That and what I noticed when we were talking about Jamie Lee earlier, too, the horror genre. Mm -hmm. No horror, yeah. No horror, no thriller ever, really, you know. And that's why everywhere, everyone, all Mm -hmm. at once, like, uh, not only was, I mean, it deserved it, but the neat thing about that movie is, and we'll talk about that in a minute, you watched it, and Mm -hmm. it's not my favorite movie of all time, Mm -hmm. 
Um, a lot of it was hard to follow. Mm-hmm. But you could argue that that's nothing more, and I'm not downgrading it, but that's an action movie. Yep. It's kind of an action yep. movie. I mean, there's a lot more to it than that. But that's yep. also neat that it that a movie like that could win yes. because it's, on the surface, an action movie. It's totally I just, an action I just movie. wish they would be as open-minded towards a really good comedy. And I don't have any examples to give you as far as movies in recent history that should have been nominated well, for an Oscar. Well, Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids was nominated. Was I know. it really? Yeah. For it, an Oscar? I think it won best. Oh, no. They won best writing. But it was up for best Oscar. Oh, Let me look. Really? Let me fact check. Bebe. Yeah. yeah. Bridesmaid was nominated. Well, wow. Then you just uh, shit all over my point. But well, rightfully so, if that's the case. Wait. Let's see. Bridesmaids up for best picture? Let's see. Um, but yeah, it just shows how good comedy is hard to write and is no it wasn't yeah i kind of thought you were wrong oh but melissa mccarthy was <laughs> uh best supporting actress and Kristen wig won original screenplay okay so she oh. won original screenplay really yes that's shocking but it wasn't up for best picture okay but top gun was but what fa- yeah that's F. another thing i mean i know there's dramatic elements to that but like come on it's also top tom gun. cruise what are you doing yeah what else are you doing yesterday? Come oh, the on. fact that he wasn't there? That poor cast. Yeah. They were like, we're in it. Mm. But like, you could tell if they had the dude that was the star of it there, yeah. probably. There wasn't a lot of star power as far as like A-listers. I know that. Well, wait, are we just old? Because I feel like I didn't know a lot of people. That's I was like, I'm who's saying. That? I feel like who's an that? A-lister who's is that? someone who's almost that? anybody would recognize, right? That's true. Where was Tom Hanks? There was no Tom Hanks, no Brad Pitt, no no I Tom Cruise. Know. You know. Where was everybody? I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought Jimmy Kimmel did good. What did mm-hmm. you think? Oh, I, I I'm a fan. I like him. I mean, yeah. he's not my favorite, but he's uh he's like the utility infielder. He can, you know, he's you plug him in there, he's going to do fine. Well, I'd much, I like him a lot more than Ricky Gervais. Yeah, why don't <laughs> you like Ricky Gervais too much? Ah, uh, he's not funny. Like, <laughs> I'll admit I liked the office, the original office he did, and I liked his his acting in that. It was I'm not gonna say he's not funny. He's not a good stand up. Go watch um what's the name of that HBO oh. show that he produced? Mm-hmm. Uh Talking Funny or something like that. We got Louis C. K., who I know is frowned upon now, but you, that doesn't diminish his comedic talent. You got Louis C. K., Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock. And then Ricky Gervais. I remember this. And if you go back and watch that thing, it's like watching a little leaguer try to play with a major league team. It's like, oh, which one of these guys clearly shouldn't be here? What What were they doing with that again? It, it was, was just, a documentary. Just, it was no, just... it wasn't a documentary. It was just, just a special where they're just on, on a set just talking about comedy wow. for like an hour. And just him laughing at all the wrong things. We're like, oh, you just think this is where you're supposed to laugh? It, like, I don't know. It just, he just looked outclassed. Like, you got no business being in this group of dudes talking comedy. Yeah. Like, I don't know. No, Maybe I'm I get too it. hard on him, but. No, it's like watching a tennis match when somebody hasn't uh-huh. played tennis. You're yeah. like, wait, you're not playing yeah. the correct way. Yeah. And maybe it's, maybe it's a culture thing. Maybe, maybe I don't understand British humor. Why and, and is I don't. It, that's interesting. You're not a British humor person. I mean, I like some of it. I like uh, the Monty Python stuff, oh, yeah, and yeah, I enjoyed so the, the original Office. I'll admit that was funny, but just 
as a whole. I just think it's, I, I can't name any British stand-ups I'm a huge fan of. I just think it's yeah, a culture same. thing. You yeah, know? it's a culture thing. I'm sure people in England yeah. are like, yeah, American. I don't understand what those, those idiots are laughing at. You I know, know, it's true. I'm sure it's a culture thing. But yeah, just something about Ricky Gervais just has always reeked poser to me. Like, oh, you just, yeah. like, if anybody else produced that talking funny thing, nobody would be like, all right, let's see, we got Chris Rock, Seinfeld, Louis C.K., who else do we need? Brian Regan. Ricky Gervais. No one else would have put him on that show other than himself, which he did. That's true. Well, remember, there was that, like, Ricky Gervais boom where he, I, I feel like that was in those years, he did that, he did that. That lying movie where he you couldn't lie. Jennifer Garner was in it. He did a lot of like it was just like deal after deal after deal that it died down. Yeah. But he was everywhere yeah. for a while. What did you think of the Talking Head performance? The oh, guy David that, Byrne. Uh huh. I love David Byrne. I loved the Talking Heads. Uh, I didn't care for that song. There, there wasn't much to it. Well, the fingers. There was some hot dog finger yeah. work, but that was from everywhere. Uh-huh. I love how you mentioned that. You're like, just so you know, because I would zone out watching that movie. Um, I I appreciate it film-wise, uh-huh. theme-wise. I love the best actress. It looked like an incredibly difficult movie to make. Yes. And I feel like maybe that had a lot to do with its success. I'm not shitting on it, but like, it's not an easy story to follow. It's so hard. Yeah. And even with my ADHD, I think I have such a hard time with and this isn't spoiling it. It's part of the movie. I think in the trailer, mm-hmm. she goes to, was it different universe? Yeah. Not different universes, but yeah, it's very matrixy. Yeah. in, I don't know, is it metaverse? Yeah, is it, like a, a multiverse type yeah. thing. And, yeah. and I don't know. I guess she kept I popping need... in and out of different universes. I guess my problem is I just didn't understand why in every universe everybody's kung fu fighting. That's well. I didn't understand all the. Not that I. I'm not like anti-violence. I just yeah. didn't understand why there was so much fighting. Oh no! I know. <laughs> I, when you asked that, I was like, I don't know. Why is she fighting? Yeah, I just. Is there could, a? I couldn't understand. Almost in every other scene, she's someone's having to karate chop somebody. Can you imagine how long it takes to do something like that? Like the sequences. If you haven't seen this movie, it is insane. If Just you, the camera work. Like it's told, something I've never seen. If you told me that this movie took 11 years to make, I'd be like, oh yeah, I believe that. 100%. Like, like I said, it, it seemed like an... In- as far as filmmaking, it was a spectacle. It was impressive. I just, I'm more of a story type dude. Me too. Story and characters. And it was just, I, I, I couldn't follow a lot of it. Well, it is interesting because I would follow it and then they would switch scenes into a different universe and I'd be like, wait, wait, wait. My mind, I guess I just need, I almost need people to wear hats or something. Like, tell me which universe you're in. I don't know. I love the story. I love the idea. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Talking Heads dude, I was very disappointed. Yeah, I just uh, there I much to that song. But I did love um, the the little special friend. Yeah. I don't know. You can't say special. No, uh, yeah. James Martin. I don't think special's a slur. Um, but yeah, what, he, what was that a part of though? Why was he on stage? Uh, the return of short categories. It was a short film okay. that they won. Oh, so that guy was an actor in in that film. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um. Yeah. I mean, he was the cutest thing ever, and the uh, I just love the filmmaker that said, "I know this is protocol to say thank you a lot, but I'm British, so I'm I'm uncomfortable with that. <laughs> I'm more comfortable saying sorry." Uh-huh. And then they sang "Happy Birthday." To the star, 
who was he the star? I think he was guy? the star. Oh, good for him. And he had a leopard print blazer on, which mm-hmm. I think stole the show. Yeah. Sorry, Rock, with your satin peach monstrosity. <laughs> I think he was just adorable. Um, there was a weird performance by Sophia Carson. Um, remember that weird duet with the girl in the white dress that was taking herself way too seriously? And then... Um, I don't remember. Anyway. I must have been prepping cheese at that moment. You must have been prepping cheese. Mm. Listen, you have to take a cheese break. Mm -hmm. Um, Weirdest thing ever is the cocaine bear being at the Oscars. Yeah. Why? I don't get get that at all. I don't understand the movie. I don't Mm. get it. Help me, everybody. Help me. Um, I think the donkey was one of my favorite parts coming out, but not a lot of people got it because I don't think a lot of people saw. Your fat fiddle fingers killed my donkey. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I mean, I thought it was great. Everywhere won, mm-hmm. and I... that that won a lot. And uh, All Quiet on the Western Front won a lot. It oh. seemed like those were the only two movies that won anything. It seemed it's very true. And and Fablemans didn't. Fablemans didn't. Tar. Didn't. I Have think... I talked about Tar? I think you talked about how much you hated Tar. Okay. I didn't get it. First of all, Kate Blanchett, mm-hmm. Queen, Icon, Legend. I love her. Lover mm-hmm. can't do anything wrong, right? That movie bored the shit out of me. Okay, so who wants a Germany movie? <laughs> Germany. Um, what the hell? I mean, okay, first of all, I'm going into this movie open minded. Uh-huh. I spent twenty four ninety nine. Yeah, you bought it. Was it twenty two or twenty four? Uh, it was twenty something. It was right when it came out because you wanted to see it and you didn't want to wait another week or two to be I able couldn't, to rent it. I couldn't wait because that's, I was like, that, "That's how they get you." I know. I have so many movies I bought you guys on my Amazon Prime, my Prime Video, and it's so disappointing. Mm-hmm. And they're all half watched yeah. because I suck at buying movies. But I thought Kate Blanchett, you know, cool, dark, uh, gritty drama about the classical music scene. I classical music we've already gone over i've already talked about tar and how i just it's a weird thing it's my trigger but she looked beautiful Mm -hmm. she looked like a star and i'm proud that she was there but yeah tar let's let's get rid of it it's out of my life now it's out of my life now well we have to remember too just you know just because i mean no it's gotta be good it has to be good yeah people whose opinion i respect loved it i know and I was like, maybe I need to watch it again. Maybe we know. should watch it again. Yeah. I know. I and and you to. know, movies just like any art form, you know, they're they're objective. And I bet if some people like I watched The Whale and I wept and cried and subjective. had a spiritual I always get those confused, sorry. Which do you get? I confused? get objective and subjective. Always I get those turned around. I mean, I don't know what you just uh-huh. said, so you're fine. <laughs> just I didn't kidding. Mean Go ahead. Uh I for, see how ADHD yeah, I works. I know sorry. it's just so sad, but yeah, it was a great Oscars. You I enjoyed it. I did. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good. I thought it was a solid Oscar. Um, I'm it not fast paced. The pacing it was. was fairly good. And and I thought the speeches were sweet and kind and yeah. I don't know. None. Nobody was a dud. Mm-hmm. The best directors. The everywhere everything. Yeah. They were great. Yeah, those guys seemed sincere. They were up there so much because mm-hmm. that thing just swept. The one guy, the the, the taller, the white dude mm-hmm. of the two Daniels directors, uh, mm-hmm. he's the guy that wrote and directed. Well, I know he directed. I think he wrote it. Um, the Death of Dick Long. Which one was what that? We're talking about um, the horse. The movie? horse. The horse blank movie, as you referred to it. <laughs> but like, talk about range. 
Yeah. That dude made Death of Dick Long, and then he also was co-director in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Like, that's some range. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, what the actual F. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they seem like sweet people. It was great. I, I, I enjoyed it. I give it a, out of 1 to 10, I give it a solid 8. Yeah. What about you? One to ten Oscars? I give it seven or eight. It was fine. Yeah. You know, I've was... I've seen some Oscars and some award shows that were just so long and like I said before, yeah. just so heavy handed where everybody had to get their two cents in. Like yeah, I, I, I thought did, it was fine. I did think the joke with Jimmy Kimmel saying the best actor mm-hmm. and that the well if you sl- if you hurt somebody, you get a best actor award and get to talk for nineteen minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh talking about the Will Smith thing from last year. But yeah, I thought it was a solid award show. Yeah, it's good times. So yes. We saw most of the uh best picture nominees. Yeah, who would you say was best picture? If you got to choose best picture. I don't know. Um, the one, probably my favorite was the one that wasn't even nominated for Best Picture was The Whale. I really enjoyed The Whale. Yeah, me too. I really enjoyed, uh, probably my favorite movie, not The Whale, even though I liked it. I, I'd have to say Banshees of Inishir. Yeah. But again, I, I that other, the Everywhere movie, <laughs> I just called it Everywhere movie. Even though I didn't love it, it's still, I don't see how you cannot give them something. Like, it was an impressive piece of filmmaking yeah that's what it felt like it uh-huh. felt like i was like oh i'm watching the new genre yeah. of film like Not, this is gonna be it wasn't my favorite movie of the bunch mm-hmm. but i also can't argue against them winning oh 100 100 percent. i really think women talking the picture I, I for best it, yeah. picture that should have been up there mm-hmm. but hey i hated triangle of sadness i oh. thought that movie i just didn't get that at all I didn't get it. It went over my head. I thought that just was not for I me. wish I could be that cinema person that's like, well, actually, the themes and the... Well, <laughs> the fucking themes in that one were so fucking obvious. I know. Like, okay, yeah, we get it. You know, socialism, capitalism, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you know what this movie needs? A 12-minute vomit scene right okay, in the so middle. Okay, so a lot of vomit work in Jesus, movies. what is going on? A lot on? of vomit work. I've, We've already talked about I've it, but what I've joked about it before. F? They need a rating. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to see one day, you know, the little right before the movie starts, rated R for yes. this and this and this. Uh, VO for vomit. Like, I like that. It, yeah. It, if, if you got to warn me about seeing a half a second of side boob, then you need to warn me about a 12-minute fucking vomit scene. How about that? How gross would that set be? That's Ugh. my thought. Like when they were showing all the um, people that worked on the ship cleaning it up. And mm-hmm. I know that was a choice, mm-hmm. like talking about the cast system. Mm-hmm. Cast class. Well, cast class. Both cast. Yeah. But imagine being a PA on that. Like, oh, all right, go clean up all the, yeah. you know, clean up the set. Yeah. Oh. Even even knowing that it's fake is still pretty. Ugh. How do they make it? I have no idea. Oh, let's not talk about it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Let's not let's not get into that. Oh boy. Ugh, Lord. What you want to get into, Boo? You well, want to? Uh, should we t- do a call? Should we? Yeah, let's, let's do a call. Let's. Uh, we we teased this one last week. Yeah. Uh, not a call per se. It was a text. Okay. And <laughs> we probably are not going to be able to help Casey since. Uh, they sent this in two years ago. Okay. Well, but, uh, better late than never, Casey. Yeah, I'm sorry oh, that boy. this whole time I had no idea that we were capable of receiving texts <laughs> until I saw this one little notification on my uh, 
Google Voice screen here. Yeah, I, I just, um, guys, we're getting better with technology. I think we are. Yeah. I think we are. We're getting there. I, I We're going to, you know, video. We keep saying things. So I'm just going to stop saying things, yeah. but we're going to do stuff. We'll figure it out eventually. Okay. So go ahead. Uh, but yeah, two years ago, Casey texted us. Uh, and it, it's a lengthy one, but uh, it's it's a great uh, dilemma that mm-hmm. they were dealing with at the time. And I'd love to know uh, how this has turned out. I'd love to get an update from Casey. So if you're listening, Casey, feel free to call or text again. And sorry about uh, the two-year. Yeah, had no idea. <laughs> uh, Casey says, hey, you guys, I love the show, love your work, et cetera, et cetera. I would have liked to call, but I'm worried about someone identifying me by my voice. Ooh. Juicy. I have a problem that's been eating me up lately, and I didn't really know who else to go to for advice. My problem is this. I've been with my partner for my entire adult life, going on 15 years now, and I'm only 28. So that should tell you something. All right? So they they were middle school sweethearts, I I assume. Uh, I love my partner, partner dearly, and I've always understood that she does not want to have kids. Parentheses, at all, end of sentence. Uh, And she's understood that I always did want to have a family. She comes from a big, happy family, more or less, while I come from a broken and abusive home. Hmm. Anyway, this wasn't a problem for a long time because I didn't want to have kids young anyway, and we always said that we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But as I rapidly approach 30, my aspirations begin to feel more and more time-sensitive. I'm beginning to think that the bridge is a lot closer than I previously thought. I've always thought that I wanted to start building a foundation for starting a family by the age of 32, and now that feels right around the corner. Mm-hmm. I'm at a loss for what to do. The logical side of me says I need to move on from this relationship, parentheses, that has been the foundation of my life, in hopes of finding a future with someone whose goals are more aligned with my own. But then there's the side of me that says I would be throwing away something truly beautiful that most people do not get the chance to have. Mm. Given who I am, I could easily just end up alone. It's heart-wrenching to think about. My partner tells me at times that her love for me would override her not wanting kids if it came down to it, but this isn't something I'm so sure of. I believe full-heartedly that if we were to have kids, she would begin to hate her life and then inevitably hate me. And so that's not something I really want to risk. I don't know what to do. Am I too young to be worrying about this? Are my goals for a family not as time-sensitive as I think? I just really don't know. Thanks for reading through all this, and thanks in advance for whatever your advice will be. Casey. Oh, Casey. Wow, what oh, a pickle. Casey, so I'm so sorry. Casey's, uh, well, <laughs> when he wrote this text, he was 28. He's probably or 30 she. now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know that Casey is a man, but I know his partner's a woman. So, yeah, anyway, that's that's irregardless. Um, man, man, that's, I want kids, but my partner doesn't, or vice versa. <sighs> What a pickle. So, uh, I'm so sorry, Casey, because I'm going to start this with your needs are so right. You have every right to want a family. You have every right to, you know, tell your partner what you want. I think saying what what stuck out to me in that text was we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Mm-hmm. So, you're just prolonging this very hard conversation it sounds like um i know people change their minds about kids mm-hmm. i know that i know especially Do ladies they? i think so i think some ladies after 25 that's when everyone's brain is fully developed you can change you could mm-hmm. change your mind i've had people change their mind where they're like huh i could see going from indifferent to one or the other 
Yeah, but I don't know if true. I've known anybody who had a staunch stance one way or the other and then reverse that when it comes to kids. Interesting. I mean, I'm sure it does exist. Like you said, I'm not trying to shit on your point, but no, like, it just um, that just seems like such a big thing at some point in your life. Well, me for example. Okay. Yes. I never wanted kids, but I never didn't want kids until. I got to a certain age, then it was just like, well, yeah, yeah I, I don't want them now. I what think age? Probably about the time I moved out here. Really? Which was 35. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Well, and it just, even if I had wanted them, it, it was... I love you. It was yeah. just like, well, I, I didn't see how it was supposed to fit into my life once I was all into comedy. You know, I, I moved out here when I was 34 few months later i turned 35 but yeah i was like well i live in a van i don't know how much longer i mean i lived in a van for a total cumulatively of four years so it was just i think once i moved out here it was just like well i don't necessarily want them but like now when you and i met and fell in love if you were like i want kids i would have probably gone with the flow and been like well, really I, well yeah because I wasn't staunch anti-kid. I was kind of indifferent, maybe leaning towards not. But if I'd have met you and fell in love with you and you were like, I want to have kids, I'd have been like, okay, I could probably be talked into that. Interesting. But, Interesting. But would you be resent? Like, that's a big commitment. This isn't just like going to college yeah. or whatever. It's this the is biggest human. commitment. Yeah. It's the biggest commitment. Biggest it's commitment you arguably could do. bigger than marriage. Yeah. You know, because... People get divorced all the time and they move on with their lives, but like... You're always going to be a mom. You're always going to be a yeah. dad. For better or for worse. Yeah. You know? Yes. Uh, I think this is the biggest dilemma that a couple could face. I agree. With, I agree. With the exception of something, you know, completely off the wall. But like, I think this is something you have to figure out early on. And, well, this is a unique case and that they've been together since Casey was 13. And of course you have that emotional attachment to that person. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm emotionally attached to people from high school mm -hmm. that probably didn't put the same emotional You're still trust emotionally in me. attached to people from high school? Not emotional, not like relationship, mm -hmm. but like a friend, a friend, friend of mine. You have friends from high school that you keep in touch with? I was on their group text mm -hmm. until I made a horrid joke about my father dying and apparently they didn't really get it i think i got taken off the group text which is my dream i love that but we'll go into, <laughs> we'll that, next into week. that next week um okay so casey here's the thing from 13 to 28 you've been with this person mm -hmm. that's really admirable mm -hmm. also you this person is your family if you come from a broken mm -hmm. home or you know you came from a traumatic childhood uh yeah you've made it seems like you've made this partner into and of course your partner becomes your family i mm -hmm. understand that but this is an integral part of you growing up mm -hmm. i mean 13 to 28 that's your years those are the years you form i mean those are some of opinions those are without a doubt the most important years right from 13 to 28 i mean probably from 13 to 25 but yeah that's uh incredibly important stretch of one's life totally so it's not bananas to think okay maybe they'll change their mind mm -hmm. from this age if yeah. they were a similar age right i get that 
But I think you really do have to go into relationships, especially if you're a woman. You only have a certain amount of time mm-hmm. to figure out if you if you want to have birth and have mm-hmm. a kid. And I know there's you could freeze your eggs and all this mm-hmm. stuff, and that's awesome and great. But I I also know well you're kind of on a time clock, mm-hmm. right? Like there's only well even the freezing the eggs thing, like regardless of biology yeah. and science, it's like. In terms of lifestyle, you know, even if you could, if even if a woman could have a kid at mm-hmm. fifty, which mm-hmm. I'm sure they probably can, and some, does your lifestyle, you know, that just seems late in the game to raise a child, but maybe not. I was a, I was a happy surprise. Were, I was a miracle. But they were forty. Yeah, my mom was forty, and, and the doctor told mom on Christmas Eve that they should abort me. Wow. Because I would be born with so many problems that I would just be a vegetable. Oh, I know. They, my, the doctor really thought. Yeah, so? I mean, even the doctor thought I was a waste of space. I mean, I wasn't even in the world yet. Like, how dare you? At least Aww. decide later. Yeah. But yeah, I, I here I am, just mentally messed up. How did they know? Anyway, Casey, I think what's popping out to me is that your needs are real. It sounds like you're just like, oh, it's not a big deal. I don't need a family. It's okay. I want to, but I do want a family, but not really because you're, you know, your partner doesn't. But she told you she does, or, or they told you they don't want kids. No, she, he, Casey referred to the partner as a she. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So she told him though. Uh-huh. And I mean, once somebody tells you something like that, I feel like, okay, like that sucks. You could be soulmates. You could have that love in your life but that doesn't mean you're gonna take that love to the next phase of your life because if you're not on the same team it's like how you chose comedy Mm -hmm. you were in a relationship you said okay i'm gonna move to new york or la are you gonna come with me your partner said no and you chose you know Mm -hmm. your love which was your career path Mm -hmm. and that's awesome but those are Big decisions. And yeah, kid is the biggest one, I think. I can't imagine how hard that is. Well, and I'm, I'm hesitant to give too much commentary on this because <laughs> I don't know what the current situation is. Uh, like I said, Casey, if you're listening, I would love to get an update. But that aside, I'm going to give you advice as if this. Okay. Yeah. As if as this if was this, yesterday. We were responding to this two years ago when you texted it. Uh, I, I feel like. Um, Apologies for being harsh, but I feel like this is a death sentence for a relationship. Whoa, I really? Feel, yes. I feel like if one person really wants kids and the other does not, there's no way. it's Someone's losing regardless. That's true. If the partner caves and says, okay, I'll have, a, I'll have your child. <laughs> yeah. Then, then Casey's happy, but that partner's like, oh. And vice versa, if the partner's like, "Hey, I love you, Casey, but I'm we're not having kids," and Casey's like, "Man, I really want kids," I just don't see how this is like probably the biggest life decision that both parties have got to be, you know, congruent with. Like we both got to be on the same page. That's very true. This is, I mean, there's so many other things that are, for example. You and I joke sometimes about where we want to live, ultimately. Do we want to stay in California? Do we want to move to the East Coast? Whatever. Okay, that is a big enough thing. Yeah, that's But huge. ultimately, that's superficial. In the, you know, but this is 
you're bringing a human being into this world. I want to, and you don't. How's that ever supposed to work? Because, like I said, regardless of if right. there, there's just no way you can compromise on that. Right. Like I said before at the beginning. Now, if his partner was indifferent, he was staunchly wanted kids. She was indifferent. Yeah, maybe you could coerce her to get on your side of the fence. Right. But if she's staunchly like, nope, and he's like, I really want it. I, I don't know how that's ever supposed to work because if they don't have kids, he's going to be resentful. And if they do have kids, she's going to be resentful. That's so true. Unless it's a case where she didn't want kids, but she goes ahead with it anyway. And then once the kid is born, it's like, oh, what was I thinking? I'm in love with this kid. I'm so glad we did this. I I'm sure that happens. A hundred percent. Of course. I, but I think instinctually, and I could be totally off, but I knew at like age eight, I was like, I don't want kids. Really? I knew, yeah, really? I knew it. I didn't like babysitting. And not that you have to like babies and babysitting or whatever, mm-hmm. but like I wasn't that maternal. I didn't think kids were cute. I didn't like mm-hmm. hanging out with kids. I was just like, no, not for me. And I knew, here's the thing. I know kids grow up, but you're zero to ten Ugh. So for 10 years of my life, I'm going to hate my life and this little thing. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that to some little kid or whatever. And and it just felt not me. You yeah. know when you're just like, oh, wait, this is so not me. I think I was never staunch one way or the other. I did romanticize. Like I thought, you know, in my teens or 20s, like, oh, I'd love to have a, a kid. And whether it be a boy or a girl, you know, I'd love to coach their baseball team or softball team or you know I, I romanticized that but I think as I got older and the reality of life the reality of I mean whether you, I'm sure people there's a small percentage of people that have navigated both but I just feel like I don't know what am I trying to say like I you knew you can't have it all type of yeah thing? you can't have it all I knew mm-hmm. that at a certain point I just and I've said this before, and I don't know if this is the right word, but I just, ultimately, this current version of Dave is too selfish to have a kid. Me- meaning, there's too much I still want to do with my life. And yeah. I feel like once you have kids, I'm not saying you can't still have dreams and pursue things, but, you know, it's what I told you when we first started dating, when I was resistant to, like, settling down. Oof, he was a real tough thing to nail down. But then I, I nailed it down, and then I really you know, it's like it's hard to be a great boyfriend and husband and also great at your career. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's people who, I guess, can do both. But I just, I don't know. Well, usually women have to choose. Yeah. So we have to choose between career mm-hmm. or mom. And so a lot of the things, you know, growing up, it's like, oh, you can have it all, a baby mm-hmm. and this. And it's and like, of course people do do of that. Of course they yeah. do. And by the way, parents, I don't know how you do it. And God bless you. Yeah. I, I am not as patient. I am not as, I am selfish with my time. Mm-hmm. I enjoy spending money on candles. Like, sorry, like I don't <laughs> see myself as a mother, yeah. but I am a forever aunt and I'm thrilled to be that. But I always kind of knew, like, nah, not for me. So you kind of instinctually know. And here's the thing. Saying, oh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. No, that's a bridge that you have to build together. That's not just a bridge that all of a sudden I wake up one day and I'm like, I want to be a mother. 
I I think it's hard because in relationships, if I wanted a family and you didn't, let's say, it would be hard for me. Yeah. I would be like, well, this sucks because they're your future in your mind is completely different than your future. Yeah. It doesn't align. Yeah. So I know there's wiggle room on that. It's not, not all black and white. Two things can exist at once, but that's a pretty big thing. And, you know, if someone wants to travel the world and not have kids and their goal is to do that when they retire or someone wants to be a soccer dad or mom or, you know what I mean? Like there's different routes in life and it's where you put that weight, where you want to put that focus and doing that with kids is awesome. Mm -hmm. But if you have a partner that's like, ew, it's not so awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm imagining that would be very lonely. Yeah. And this is one of those things where I don't think it benefits either party to compromise. I agree. You know? I agree. Like, we can compromise on what kind of house to buy or even what city to live in. But, right. like, man, this is a hard thing to compromise either in either direction. Well, and the shame of it all, too. If you're a woman and you don't want to have a kid, it really is... And going back to the misogyny thing, it's kind of the thing that we do. It's like, okay, graduate college, okay, check. Get married, check. Okay, now I have a kid, check. Okay, now I'm only known as a mom. Like, when I got married, my parents' friends that came, and they're very traditional, Mm -hmm. very, okay, she's married. And even after my dad died, I remember uh, the executor, uh, just saying to me like, well, oh, well, she's married now. Like being married is like, a, it's like, no, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I'm married to my best friend. That's not my identity. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you really get painted into a corner of like, that's your identity. I wish it was more, if it was more of a joint effort and not so much you have to choose, then, you know, how how cool would that outlook be but unfortunately that isn't the case and we live in a hard place to raise it takes a village all that stuff so anyway Casey I think at the bottom of it your needs and wants and everything it sounds completely valid and also you're not going to lose this person in your life you guys have been together and I know with breakups and stuff if this if you all did break up, I'm sure you're a part of each other's lives, but also... Wait, some... what do you mean by that? Like, you're sure they're a part of their, each other's lives oh, if I mean... they broke up? No, no, they break up, right? I'm if... not part of any of my exes. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, I know. I'm saying in... Because in the familial way, uh-huh. like, he or she said, okay, you know, this this is my family. Uh-huh. I understand that. I understand transferring your yeah. needs of a family, a oh, core sure. family growing up, and putting it on to somebody. Yes. I get that more than anybody. Mm-hmm. But then I also get that people change and I get that people like need like cycles of life. They completely change. So your needs change. Um, I mean, you're going to look back on those memories with this person as familial. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we were together from 13 to 28. Uh-huh. A lot of stuff happened. That doesn't minimize this stuff. That yeah. doesn't mean your life was a yeah. waste. Yeah, it doesn't mean all the, your experiences and bond and all that just gets flushed down the toilet. It yeah. just means, I think, it's the universe or God or whoever saying, okay, this is a sign. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you a sign. And yeah. this is a no. Don't go down this road, but okay. Yeah, and... Take the kid uh, dilemma 
out of this, and this isn't me passing judgment. This is just Uh-oh. <laughs> life experience. Okay. Being together since you were 13, it takes, I'm not saying it can't be done, but it takes two very special people to keep that going. Yeah. Because you're just so, you're, when you're 18, you're so different than when you were 13. 100%. When you're 25, you're so different than when you were 13. That's true. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. And I, and we've talked about this off air with certain people, but like, I don't know how to get into this, but like, well, don't marry the only person you've ever had sex with. Yeah. Sorry. Well, that happens a lot in Christian colleges too. Like I remember a lot, there was a divorce wave about mm -hmm. 10 years later (laughs) where it was like, oh no, I married it, him. (laughs) And I, I, I never condone cheating or infidelity and I've never done it and never would, but as far as like on a human nature level, the guy who gets married at 18 and that's the only woman he's ever been with, mm-hmm. by the time he gets 40, he can't help but be curious. I mean, yeah, he I can't. Yes. Ha- and vice versa. Of course. Her too, you know, and I don't just mean, I mean, part of that's like on a physical, sexual level, but also just, I wonder what it would be like to just live with someone else or you know not yeah. take take the sex out of it right but just well that's why you know people go away to college yeah. and stuff and experience and a lot of times that happens and you're like i want to go home this isn't what i wanted that was me in college and like we've talked about this off air too i think one of our strengths like i mean we're up our own ass right now but i i do think we have a very special bond mm-hmm. but i think on paper one of the things in our favor that this marriage is, is going to continue to work is that we both had a ton of life experience before we got married to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, whether, whatever, name the category. You, you, sexual, all right, go out and sow your oats, or just career, or where you live, or who your friends are, or what you're like. Like, we did so much before we met mm-hmm. and before we got married that, like, I, I, I don't have that problem. I just, that scenario I laid out, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of the guy who gets married at 18 to the only woman he's ever been with. And mm-hmm. one day he wakes up and he's 45 and he's like, huh, mm-hmm. I'm a, I can't help but be a little curious what it might be like to fill in the blank with any other woman, you know, well, but I, I, I don't have that. I, plenty of life I lived before I met you. I'm mm-hmm. good. I have no regrets. I have no need to go back to any of that. I'm ready to move forward. You know, I got married at 44. I feel like some people might think that's too late. Yeah. But to me, it was perfect. I got married at 39. Mm-hmm. Happy as clam. Yeah. I, I think it, but that's for us. That's our story. Exactly. And I think sometimes regarding, I think when you have a timeline, uh, unfortunately for women's bodies and stuff, you kind of have to mm-hmm. regarding kids. Yeah. Uh, marriage, love, I don't think you can ever have a timeline on that. Uh, and who knows? I, I, but maybe you can. But I think kids are is the one thing you kind of have to – you're right. You have to sign off on. You mm-hmm. have to be on the same page because yeah, that's you your can. whole life. You do not get to just not be a mom anymore. Yeah. You know? Well, and I can't even imagine, you know, 
I, I can't speak from experience. I, I don't know what it's like to have a kid and to raise a child. And I'm sure it's incredibly challenging. Incre- yes. But my point is, for the person who's always wanted a child, and then mm. they have a child, it's still tough. Yes. I'm assuming. I'm oh. assuming if I've wanted a, a, a little baby boy or baby girl from the time I could remember, and then I finally get that, it's still got to be incredibly challenging to raise that child. Now, imagine if you went into it half-assed or compromised or mm, didn't really want to do this, but now i got to do it. Yeah. How much tougher that's got to be. How checked out you would be and how resentful. I Mm -hmm. think it just grows and grows. Resentment just grows. And it'll pop out one day. I mean, it it pops out in different ways. It could pop out from cheating on your partner. It could pop out, you know, it'll... It's dangerous. Resentment is dangerous. It never grows into anything good. No, and it also lets you off the hook for really bad behavior. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, well, I'm not getting this need met, so I'm going to go, you know, Mm -hmm. you kind of justify it. And it's like, well, no, you have to work at marriage. You have to work at doing it's uh, all relationships take effort. You Mm -hmm. have to tend to the garden, as your mom told me. Mm -hmm. That was so sweet about love. (laughs) But, you know, you don't want your love garden to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Casey, you deserve a family. You deserve to have whatever you want. I, I don't know how things have shifted or changed, but I do think, look, when I was 13, I stayed mentally 13 until recently. Well, that's a unique situation. <laughs> but we sometimes when you grow trauma. in, yeah, when you're in trauma and you get into arrested development where you stay the same, whatever event happened, my, my sister passed away that's where I kind of stayed. I stayed at 13. Um, but that could be an issue, too. If you came up in a traumatic family, you're kind of at that age. Or when you met that person and things were great, you could stay at that age and then be a grown-up and feel like Tom Hanks in Big. Like, what? I'm a grown-up now? And, oh, no, I want to be... You know, it's so confusing yeah. with that brain development. I think for me, if I was in Casey's position... I would go to a therapist, like a non-BS one with with your partner, and just lay it out because I know they'll say, well, this is a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. And maybe you need to hear it from a third party. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I know nothing. We don't know shit. But we love you, Casey. <laughs> I hope this kind of helped, but it is – that's a hard one. Yeah. Yeah, that is – I just don't um... – like I said, if, if one party was into it and one party was indifferent, mm-hmm. I think you can make that work. Mm-hmm. But if one party's into it and the other party's staunchly against it, I, I don't know how this is ever supposed to work. I agree. I agree. Well, great. Uh, great first call. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Casey, uh, holler back at us, text or call, whatever. Uh, yeah, we if, love if you, you. If you text, I won't take two years to get back to you this time. Yeah. But yeah, I would love an update on what's going on. And if... You know, hope mm-hmm. I, I'd love to be proven mm-hmm. wrong. I would love that, I'd too. I'd love him to be like, hey, you're both wrong. You know, we're doing great, and we got the kid. You know, hey, awesome. But yes. Just all things being, what are you oh, doing? They're upset. Man. Harvey's in a mood. So is Charlie. Good Lord. Oh, gosh. Just, man, we, we could barely take care of these fur kids. I know. I can imagine they, a real kid. I would just. I, my hat's off to you, parents. I don't know how you do it. I don't know either. I, I can't imagine. Oh, and imagine all the, like, you're driving them to things and doing things. I'm so selfish. I'd be like, can I just drop you off at the nanny's house? Like, I don't know. 
But yeah. Oh boy. Well, but, parents, we we're proud of you. Yeah. And I don't know how you do it. Do your thing. Just you know, keep your kids out of my yard. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a yard. Uh, but <laughs> where can we find you on the social media? KT Low Strandberg uh, on Instagram and the TikTok. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I got a plug. <gasps> uh, we finally got a date. I don't know if Woo! I'm supposed to talk about this yet, but I'm doing it anyway. Do it. Uh, May 5th, in all formats, Pack a Lunch will be available. Yes. Uh, Dave's special, you My guys. first actual stand-up comedy special. I've done albums before, but this is a, a video special. Uh, May 5th, it'll be on YouTube. It'll be on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash DaveStoneComedy. Um, the audio version will be streaming wherever you stream. You can buy it. it you know, nobody buys audio anymore, but it, you could buy it from Apple. And then also May 5th, we'll start taking uh, pre-orders for the 2LP color variant vinyl. And so. can we say the merch yet or no? Because there's some... B-A-D-A-S-S merch coming. Well, hang on to that until I know. Okay, okay, okay. I'm so excited about it. Some cool merch. So excited. uh, Guys, the special is, it's incredible. (laughs) And I know I am, listen, if I was not a fan, I'd be like, yay, you're doing something. Uh, This is a beautiful portrait of many jokes that you've been working on for so long. It's so sharp. It's so funny. It's so vulnerable. I sound like Charlie, but I'm just beyond proud of you. And yes, May 5th. And isn't it the same? How many years ago? Crazy coincidence. My last album, Hogwash, dropped May 5th, 2015. Wow. The same day. What are the odds? And I didn't pick this date. This just the record label was finally like, okay, this this makes sense. Do it's it a here. sign. It's uh, a sign. But yeah, my, my Hogwash dropped May 5th, eight years ago. Um, but yeah, May 5th. You can watch it on YouTube. You can listen to it on streaming. Uh, you can pre-order the vinyl. So whatever, whatever you want, whatever you want to do. I love it. So, yeah, yes, I'm and so I, excited. I give you uh, people who follow my stand-up uh, and and know some of my personal story. Uh, I'll just say this: uh, for the first time in 16 years of doing stand-up comedy, I'm talking a little bit about the cop stuff. Which is so awesome. Stuff. I don't talk about the ending yet. That's going to be on the next special. Okay. How my career ended. Sure. That's a whole other chunk I've got to word properly. But uh, yeah, there'll be some cop stories. There'll be some childhood stuff. Uh, Katie makes an appearance. I do. Uh, both in the uh, subject matter and in the actual video special. We see a little cameo here and there of Katie. I mean, my dress is lit, so is, uh, you're welcome. That was a dope dress. Thank you. But uh, yeah, and I was going to scale it down. Um but yeah, it's an hour and fourteen minutes. It's so awesome. So, I it know. is so, and it's so good, and it feels like five minutes. And guys, get excited. Okay. I, I know the trend nowadays is for people to put out thirty-minute specials, but um, no, here we go. You know, not, here it is. It's not really what the headliner does. The headliner gives you forty-five minutes at least, and uh, I got a little long-winded, and I uh, was going to cut some of it out. I, I cut like two minutes out. But uh, the record label's like, nah, let's let's keep most of this. this is pretty good stuff, That's according to them. So awesome, it is. We'll see, we'll see. I don't. I, I hate it at this point, just because. Really? It. Well, I just I'm sick of like the the editing pro. Not that I've edited physically myself, but like I've been a part of the process of like, I've just I've I've looked at this stuff, the material too much, and 
Now I'm sick of it, but maybe the rest of the world might like it. Oh, so, I think it's going to be great. So yeah, May it's 5th, so pack great. a lunch, YouTube, streaming, vinyl, whatever oh, you want. It's going to be so awesome. So yeah. Everything is just awesome. Boo, great catching up. Oh, great catching up. And guys, please call or text with any questions. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget the number. Don't yeah, forget the number. Don't forget the we're number. Gonna, uh, we're really getting back to calls. 562-548-2012. In that order. 562-548-2012. And Charlie says hi. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Boo. Thank you, Boo. We love you. Bye.
Oh, Lord, yeah. Okay, thank you.